0: I appreciate what God's doing in this day that we live in. I don't know about you, but He's still alive. He's still real. He's still anointed. He's still healing. He's still victorious. And and I think that God just is sometimes looking for us to catch up with Him. And I think He's waiting for us to move up a little further than where we are. And I think He's wanting us to move a little higher than where we are. And God's been dealing with me over the past week or so just about a few things and and I just want to ask you a question and start out today by asking this question. Where are you living? Where are you living? And I'm not talking about your address and I'm not talking about the street or the town or the city you live in, but I'm talking about spiritually, mentally and financially and every other way. Where are you living today? And the Lord's just dealt with me about three different locations that most of the church actually live and. And uh, I want to talk about those a little bit this morning. But I believe with all of my heart that as a child of the Most High God, we should be living in a different space, a different place than the world, or a different level than the world lives. And how many agrees with that? I don't think the church ought to be at the low end of the totem pole, always in want, always in need. I think we ought to be living victoriously, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. And I believe God wants to show us something this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a familiar passage of Scripture. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. How many is glad that the Lord is thinking thoughts toward you? It says, the Lord, says, Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. How many of you ever think about your future? You think about past where you are right now. I know a lot of people that you talk to, and I've made the mistake, not the mistake, but it happens. We begin to reminisce. We begin to think about the old days and the good days or whatever you want to call them. But if they were all that good, we'd still be there. I think we've, we've moved past all of that. We've grown a little bit. We've gone beyond those times. And, and I, I've learned and tried to get into my mindset that, I, Lord, I want to see something happen right now. And I want to go toward what you have for me. I don't want to constantly think about what used to be. Many of us, we don't want to think about the past because it wasn't good. But sometimes when you get around people, they begin to talk about the glory days and the good old days and how great it was. And I remember one time I was speaking in a church and a guy came to me, an elderly gentleman after service, and he said, Brother Bruce, he said, I'm just telling you, I miss the good old days. It's not as good like it used to be. Well, that's fine. And uh, he said, just, it's not like it used to be. And I said, well, let me ask you something. Are you like you used to be? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, are you driving the same car you did in 1950? He said, no. I said, are you still living in the same house? Well, that might have been the same house. That's okay. I said, are you still wearing the same clothes that you wore in 1950? And he said, no. I said, well, things change sometimes. Things are different. And how many of you believe that God wants us to change? The word change scares people to death. Sometimes when you say that word, you think, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. It begins to put panic in people's lives. But I believe the Lord wants to show us some things, and I believe He wants to take us to a new place today. Ephesians 3.20, another scripture I want to read. It says... Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. How many of you believe God wants to do more than we can ever ask or think above and beyond? Let's flip over to Exodus chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, if you don't, I'll read that real quickly. And then we will uh, continue to move forward. Amen. Running out of room up here. Trying not to... Um Pastor Samuel, he's such a great example. I'm just playing, but he knocks the water over every once in a while. And uh, I've noticed that. He, and I'm just trying, I'm up here kind of watching the water, you know. I hope I don't knock it over. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to have to use my glasses, forgive me. Verse 7 says, And the Lord said, I surely have seen oppression of my people, the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because they're taskmasters, masters. for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land. Everybody say large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. How many longs to be in a place flowing with milk and honey? a place where it's different, larger than where you are. I'm going to talk this morning about three different lands, three different places that you find yourself in and many Christians find themselves in. The first place is a land that I hope nobody wants to stay in if they're there or they even want to be there at all. But the first land I want to talk about is the land of not enough. Everybody say not enough. Who volunteers to move to the land of not enough? Nobody, I hope. If you do, wow. I don't want to live in the land of not enough. What is the land of not enough? It's like Egypt. It's where you're in bondage. It's where there's lack. It's where there's want. Always being in need. Living below God's standards. I see a lot of the church today, unfortunately, living below God's standards. Living below where God actually wants them to be. I don't believe God wants us to be in lack all of the time. I don't believe He wants us, to, yes, we're going to have some lack every once in a while, and we're going to have some need every once in a while, but I do not believe that God wants us to dwell in that land on a permanent basis. He doesn't want us to take up residence in a land of lack, in a land of want, in a land of always not having enough. I've been there before. I've I, I visited that land and probably had to stay there a few times. But I didn't want to camp there. I didn't want to set up my stakes and permanently move into that land of not enough. A lot of people in the church today are living in spiritual poverty. And how many of you know that's a mindset? Poverty in general really is a mindset if you want to know the truth about it. A lot of people live in poverty, but a lot of people don't want to do what it takes to get out of poverty. I'm sorry. I told somebody they better curl their toes in just in case this morning. I'm not trying to step on them, but just telling you some truth. A lot of people are living with the lack of joy in their life, no peace, they're down and out, they're depressed. Have you ever walked up to people that are in the church? I'm not talking about the world today. I'm not talking about people out there that are struggling and having financial problems and they're down and out and they're, they're having a lot of trouble with the, their job or whatever it might be. I'm talking about us in here this morning. I've walked up to people before in the church and you think that people in the church should be different. They ought to act a little bit different. They ought to have a little more joy, a little more peace, a a little more glory on their life than the world does. But if you start talking to them, all of a sudden you find out they're living dead in the center of the land of not enough. And what does that land mean? What it means is there's not enough prayer going up to heaven There's not enough time in the Word because if you were in the Word and if you were praying and spending time with God like you needed to, you would move from the land of not enough. Amen? We'll move this water up here in case I swing left. In the land of not enough, you become good for no one except yourself. How many of you know if you don't have enough, you can't do certain things? You go to the grocery store and you have a set budget that you're going to spend. And I'm the worst, ask my wife to send to the grocery store, even with a list. I check off the list, but I add to the list as I'm going down the aisle. And she has a set amount that we're going to spend. And I come out every time having to empty out my pockets too because I see something that I like. I wanted to, you know, maybe put on the grill or I see some uh, snack. That's my problem. I see snacks that I I like. Uh, How many of you know they're about to change the name of Little Debbie's to Big Deborah? Just kidding. That's my problem. I used to be Little Bruce and started going... But you go to the store, and and then all of a sudden you get up there, and I've had it happen before. Sometimes it's kind of embarrassing, but sometimes I guess it don't matter. But you get up there, and they start running those things through there, and start, you know, the price register, ding, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, your total is above what you have, and you don't have enough to pay for it. So what happens, you have to put something back. And it's usually my favorite things that have to go back, because they weren't on the list But that's what happens to people is that we end up living in a land <clears throat> that there's not enough. We don't have enough joy to, to get through the day. About noon, we start getting down. And about 4 p.m., we just can't really pick our heads up. You know? And I'm, you know, I've been there before, unfortunately. But I believe God wants us to go higher. I believe He wants us to move to another place. I believe He has better for the church. So if you're living in the land of not enough this morning, you need to make up your mind. Before you leave this place, that you're going to change your residence, that you're going to pack your bags, because I'm tired. I don't want to. I'm I'm tired of seeing the church living in that land of not enough. How many believe there's more for the for Christ's people, for the men and women of God? There's more out there that He has for us. So I think we need to make a move. I think we need to realize. I don't, you know, I don't think that the the uh, Israelites enjoyed living in bondage in Egypt. You know, they had their stuff taken care of. I guess they were fed a little bit and they were given, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that for their work, for their labor. But I don't think they wanted to live there. Or if they did, God wanted to get them out because he knew there was more for them. So we need to change our mind about where we're living and move out of the land of not enough. In fact, we need to change our mindset because what happens is we begin to think this is what we deserve. We begin to think this is how it ought to be. In the church, unfortunately, in years past, you would hear people say, well, you need to live humble and lowly and, and you need to just you know be low and keep yourself down. I don't believe that meant not having nothing. I don't think that meant pitching a tent and living out there like a pauper. I think what they meant was just keeping the right spirit and the right attitude, not getting high and puffed up and almighty, but I believe that God wants us to work on our thought process and our mind self up. We need to pick ourselves up this morning, dust ourselves off, and move from the land of not enough. So now, do you, anybody want to move into the land of not enough? Still, everybody's out, good. So let's go to the second land, and this is the land that sometimes can become the most dangerous for the church, and that's the land of just enough. Everybody say, just enough. The land of just enough is a land where you've got some things, and you've been blessed, and God's doing something, He's blessed you, and things are happening okay, and and you're in the Word here and there, and you pray on occasion, and you're coming to church, but you're living in that land for that's just enough. And what does that mean? That means just enough to get by. It seems like an upgrade from not enough, I believe and agree with that. I would rather live in the land of just enough than not enough for sure. But unfortunately, that's where most of the church ends up finding themselves, is in the land of just enough. This is the place that it can very easily get stuck and you move and your house goes with you how many remember the story when the children were finally delivered out of Egypt they got out and got out of bondage and faced the red sea and crossed the red sea and great things begin to happen but how many of you have read the whole story and realized they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years god never intended for that to take that long it never was his idea for them to get out there and live in the land of just enough for 40 years. But what we find ourselves doing many times is we get comfortable in the land of just enough because we're paying the bills, we're taking care of the kids, we're coming to church, we, we have what we need and we're comfortable where we are and we, you know, we, we read the Bible just enough to know a few scriptures and to be able to use them when we're in trouble. We pray just enough to know that God knows our voice and hasn't forgot who we are. We come to church just enough that everybody sees us and they, you know, they're always there. They're always faithful. You know, I found out a long time ago, just because you sit on a pew, every single service doesn't mean you're living in an abundant place doesn't mean you're not going through something. It doesn't mean that everything's okay. In fact, a lot of times you find that those are the very people that are struggling either in the land of not enough or they're living in the land of just enough and they're very content and happy where they are. But what happens if you stay in that land, you will begin to just wander in circles after circle after circle after circle. And I don't want to be one of those people that just wander around with just enough. Just enough what? Just enough to get by. Just enough to get be even. I'm a big sports guy. And I, I watch baseball and uh, played baseball when I was young. Enjoyed that sport. And it's based on averages a lot of times, especially when you're hitting the ball. And if you were to, in baseball, bat average middle ground, which would be 500, you'd be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. You'd be one of the greatest players ever. They... Average baseball player uh, hits about 280, 290. If they're at 300, they're doing really good. So there's kind of even below average. And we think that that's great and that's awesome. And it is, I guess, for that sport. But in the kingdom of God, in our lives, I don't believe we need to be batting 500 or 300 or 400. I believe we ought to be above average. The land of just enough is just where we get by. What I found out a long time ago, even in the financial realm, is just enough means that it's just enough for you and you and your house, us four and no more. I got just enough to take care of my kids. I can't bless anybody else. I can't help anybody else. I can't give like I want to to the church. I can't do what I want to do in, the, in you know outside of the body or outside of my house. I can just enough to take care of everything. Who wants to be average? Anybody? No. Good. This is the place where you know just enough of the Word to quote a few scriptures when you're in trouble, as we said. Just enough, you feel good just enough about yourself that everybody else thinks everything's okay. It's where it becomes more about you than it does about others. And I believe that's one of the things that God wants to work on us today in the church is where it's all about Him Less about us and more about those out there. We have just enough anointing to bless those that are in this church. What if we had a move of God in such a way that people all over this neighborhood and all up and down every street were beginning, beginning to be affected by what was happening in here. I want more than what we have. I want to live in a land of more than, than just enough. Just enough to get by. Just enough to look the part, but you're dry on the inside. I heard a business guy say one time, and this is kind of a funny scenario, but it's really true. I never thought of it. If I were to ask you in this place today, how many of you in here would just love to be debt-free? Everybody, you'd love to be debt-free, just totally debt-free. I've been in business arenas where the place erupted when that was said. Debt-free. You know, there's teaching on being debt-free. There's thousands of books on being debt-free. But I heard a guy say this, and it was so true. Have you ever really thought about what debt-free means? That means just back to even. It means just back to level, level ground. That means I was debt-free when I was 16 years old. I had nothing, but I was debt-free. So I don't want to just be debt-free. I want to have more abundant, above, beyond what that is. Amen? So that's a good lesson for you. Debt free is just back to even. <laughs> Let's go beyond being debt free. Don't get so excited when somebody asks you about being debt free. I mean, I literally, there are people that pay thousands of dollars to go to seminars on how to be debt free. I want to go to a seminar that tells me how to live in abundance, m- money flowing, coming in. I'm not just talking about finances. That's the mistake, too, when you start talking about abundance and overflow. Everything, money, dollar signs start entering everybody's mind. But this morning, I'm talking about spiritual abundance. Abundance in our thought life, in our attitudes, in our actions, not just finances. So let's get out of the land of just enough. I don't want to get stuck there. I want to have more. So the fourth land, or the third place that, that uh, we can dwell, and this is where I believe Christ wants us all to be. I believe He desires for us to be here. I want to read, again Ephesians 3:20. I read it a minute ago, but I'm going to read it out of this little Bible that I've been reading that actually breaks it down into the original Greek, and here's what it would say if we read it exactly how it was written. It says, we celebrate him who supercharges us powerfully from within. Our biggest request, our most amazing dream, cannot match the extravagant proportion of his thoughts toward us. Whew, that's pretty good, isn't it? We can't even imagine what he really wants to do. How many of you dream about things? You dream about having more, mostly young people. That's, some of us old people, you know, we start thinking, I've been dreaming so long, I forgot what I was dreaming about. Our dreams turn into nightmares. We wake up with a wet spot on our pillow where we've drooled all the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I believe God wants us to dream again. And I believe his, there's nothing wrong with dreaming. I, I, I thought about this, and, and it's kind of humorous, but when I was a young person... I never, my my dreams about things, and and, and, you know, a lot of times you dream about physical things that you would like to have, and you dream about how your life would want to be, and I remember before I had my first vehicle, my dream car was a car that did not smoke, and it did not squeak, and it did not, it did crank. It actually had all of its doors, and they were all the same color, my dream car was one of those cars that you know that you dream about, like a you know, back when I was a kid, Corvette man, I always dreamed I'd love to have a Corvette one day, or I'd like to have this or whatever, or this big, nice truck. I never dreamed about you know driving around in a 1945 Plymouth with two doors that could barely crank every morning or whatever. That wasn't my dream. My dream was not to live in a house that I could pull around on the back of that 1945 Plymouth. I'm not making light of anything. I've lived in a house on wheels before. And, you know, it's okay. If that's where you're at, that's fine. I've driven a car that was so bad. I worked at Dillard's one time. I sold men's suits. I walked in there and I was somebody, but I drove a vehicle that barely got me there. In fact, I would park so far away from the store where nobody would see me walking in because I didn't want them to see what I was driving to work. When I would turn the key off, I'd be walking along, and it was still running. About, a, about 100 yards away, it would go boom, and I'd hit the ground saying, Doug, get down. You know, I thought it was, I was telling people it was a drive-by. <laughs> I would be driving to work, and the, the, line, the headlining on the car was tore down, and this little stuff would be... Dropping down like snow, but it was kind of this grayish color stuff. <laughs> so I've been there. And that's okay. I made it. I still, but the thing about it was my mind wasn't there. My concept about things, I still was dreaming for something more. I still carried myself if I had just got out of a 19, you know, back then, 97, 98 Cadillac or whatever. The problem is many of us, we adapt to that situation and we get stuck there. And then years down the road, we're still dreaming about having something that doesn't smoke, fire off and get five miles to the gallon and has, you know, a good paint job. We got to work on our concept, our mind, our thoughts. Sometimes it, it has to do with our mouth, what we're saying. Amen. What are we confessing? What are you talking about? What do you spend your time discussing? Is it, do you spend more time talking about how bad it is and woe is me and I don't have this and I wish I had that and, and, uh, but you know, one thing I learned too, and I'm just giving you some different kind of lessons today. This may be a little different and that's okay. But one thing I learned, if you're going to have something more than you have and if you're going to live in the land of more than enough it's going to take some work the reason most people want to stay in the land of just enough because it's comfortable and it's easy and you say well what do you mean by that most people that have a lot it's they it's it's easy for them i don't know who you've been hanging around but the people that I've been around that are successful in business that have a lot of money and they have uh, maybe a big house and they drive a nice car and they have all that they want and they're being blessed. Some of the ministers and preachers I've been around that are anointed men of God that are pastoring large churches and are very successful in doing big things for the kingdom, they didn't get there by just sitting around waiting for it to happen one day. They, they went to work. That's a scary word for some people. Work. Some of the generation coming up today, I don't even know if they know how to spell it. It's it, it's a it's a blessing and an honor to have some people today, and my sons one, and I know Jacob and some of these other guys. They they're hard workers, and you know you know it's 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 in their genes. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Not the pants they're wearing. I'm talking about their DNA. <laughs> but I've been around a lot of young people here lately and, and uh, in fact, work with uh, right now. I've got to be careful what, you know, is this being recorded going out on the World Wide Web? Oh, he said yes. <laughs> Woo, I might have said something I wasn't should No, i just kidding. I've been around a lot of young people and I'm, you know, you guys please don't don't get me wrong. I just there's a, you know, most of guys my age and a little older and some a little younger have a different work ethic. You know, I'm around a couple of 20-year-olds that work in our office right now and their idea of work is to get one thing accomplished in 15 minutes and then visit for the next hour and a half to hang out on Pinterest and Facebook. Instead of finding something else to do or going to make, I mean, Here's the one thing I learned. I'm not an idiot. So if I'm out there in the work world and my boss is sitting over there watching me eyeball to eyeball, if I run out of something to do, if I can't find something to do, I'm going to act like I, at least I can act like I'm busy. Hello. Instead of walking over to your neighbor's desk and spending 45 minutes standing there talking about this skirt or these shoes that they bought over the weekend. So, what I'm saying is, it's going to take some effort. If you want to live in the land of just enough or the land of not enough, then go ahead, keep doing that same old cycle. And again, remember I'm talking about spiritually. So if you want to stay in that land, don't pick up the Bible ever during the week. Just read it on Sunday when Pastor Samuel quotes the text. If you want to live in the land of not enough and just enough, then don't pray except when you're here on Sunday and you come around during praise and worship. Just pray for that ten minutes and boy, you've given God all you can do for the week. But if you want to live in the land of more than enough, I'm telling you, it's going to take an effort on our part. It's going to take us stepping up a notch and beginning to do more than we've ever done before. If you want more than you've ever had, I promise you, you're going to have to do more than you've ever done. And that applies to the natural and the spiritual. Brother Brady, how many jobs have you gotten over the many years that you've done your work and your job and been successful by just sitting at home hoping it shows up? Not very many, if any. You know, God sometimes He'll rain down manna from heaven and that happens on occasion. But it takes an effort. It takes people going out there and getting in front of people, letting people know what you're doing, bidding jobs or going out there and talking to people, working hard when you are on the job. A lot of times people do things and they do it for a minute or two and they think they've done enough to last for the next several years. But what I found out, those people that are very successful, those people that are living in the land of more than enough on a continual, everyday basis are working and striving to do that every moment of their life. They're living for Him and not for themselves. We say, "Well, well, Bruce, I know a lot of selfish rich people. Well, so do I. I'm talking about born-again believers. I'm not talking about the world. But even those in the world still worked hard for what they got. Some people get it through an inheritance. But guess what? That inheritance came from somebody who worked hard. People don't become wealthy by sitting down and doing nothing and letting moss grow under their feet. People do not have their dreams and visions come to pass spiritually, mentally, financially, physically, or anything by just sitting around and being idle and doing nothing. We've got to do more than we've ever done before. I believe every born-again child of God should dwell in the land of more than enough. And I believe that that enough should be an overflow, not just enough for you. One more thought about just enough. Just enough is being full. You say, well, Lord, fill me up. And that's, we've sung songs like that. Lord, fill my cup, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. That's good. But, you know, just being full, still just enough. Because I believe God's called us to overflow onto those around us. To have an effect on the generations coming after us. To have an effect on the neighbors we live around. On the cities we live in. On the, in the country we live in. The only thing that's going to change this nation is an abundance and an overflow of God's glory. Of people that wake up and realize, I'm tired of living in the land of not enough. I want to get out of the land of just enough and move into the land of more than enough. Hallelujah. How many wants to move to the land of more than enough? Hallelujah. Good. There's a few people. Well, if we're going to live in the land of more than enough, let me read one more scripture here real quick. John 10, 10. We all know this scripture as well. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means excessive. Excessive. Overflowing, a surplus, it means more than enough. How many wants to live in excess? And again, don't think that I'm just talking about money. Don't tell Pastor Samuel, well, Bruce said we need to have an abundance of money. Well, there's nothing wrong with having an abundance of money. I'm saying I'll take it if you don't want it. Because I can do more for the kingdom of God if I have money. You know, it takes money to be in this building every Sunday. This air condition that we have doesn't run on free electricity. These lights aren't powered by a free current that's just sticking up there in the roof just for the Lord's house. Amen. It takes money. You don't eat groceries. You don't survive without money. But I'm not just talking about money. So don't think that, you know, he was on money today. Just talking about money. Money, money, money. Sometimes I just wonder about people. Uh, people say, well, money is the root of all evil. That ain't what the Bible says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Has nothing to do with money. It's the love of money, greed. I don't know why I'm still talking about money. Still talking about... Because I'm ready for some Overflow. I don't know about you, but I planted a seed back on Easter Sunday morning, one of the largest seeds I've ever planted in my entire life. And it's in the ground. And it's that time of the year where it's sprouted through, and I can see it moving and growing a little bit. Something's about to happen. And I believe not very long from now, I'm going to have an abundance of fruit and a harvest that comes back to me. And not only that harvest of physical healing and deliverance and things that we may all need, but I believe my wallet's going to get a little thicker. Amen? Why? Not because of just something I can do, but, but what I can do for the kingdom of God. Amen. It's all about your attitude and it's all about what God is doing in you. If you want to have more, He's gotten more for you. Amen. Isaiah 54. I want to read just this real quickly. I'm trying to get done. Amen. In fact, if the musicians want to start making their way up here, I'll, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to keep you long today. But I want us to. I want the prayer workers to get ready in a minute too, because I'm going to have you guys come. We didn't do the prayer workers because I wanted to. I wanted to pray for people at the end of the service today. So we're going to get ready for that. How many is getting ready to make a move? Amen. I believe everybody in here ought to be moving today. You ought to be moving from one of these locations. If you can get to the land of more than enough, you need to get in there and then really start accomplishing something for the kingdom of God. How can we live in the land of more than enough and stay there? One thing that you're going to have to do is make room for overflow. Many of us want more than enough, but we're not ready to handle it. We want more power and more anointing, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get it. Let me tell you something. If you want more than enough power and anointing in your life, there's going to have to take, it's going to take more prayer. Okay? If you want more than enough wisdom and knowledge, then you need more of the word. If you want more than enough joy and peace in your life, you're going to have to have more worship. And if you want more than enough finances, let me scare you a little bit. It's going to take more giving. Because where does does harvest come from? Seed. You reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. So if you need finances this morning, you're going to have to sow into the kingdom of God. If you need joy and peace, I believe you need to sow some worship. Get your hands up. Quit sitting down and staring at everybody else while they're worshiping and get your hands up and get your face pointed toward heaven and begin to worship Him. The difference about more than enough than any of these other places, it, this is where it becomes all about Him and not about you, not about those around you. When you have more than enough, it's because you're seeking the face of God you're crying out to Him you're in the word you're working towards something you're spending your efforts not on what's going on in the world not what's happening around you on your job even though those things are important they take up time but you spend much of your time seeking the face of God crying out to Him spending time in prayer spending time. I'm talking to myself right now just as much as you because I know from what I've seen in the past several months God's given me just an eye opening revelation of some great people that I would say I would like to be like that one day but then God always says are you willing to pay the price that they paid are you willing to let go of some things that you're holding on to how many wants more than enough this morning Isaiah 54 beginning in verse 1 it says sing O barren You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, saith the Lord. Verse 2 and 3. We got to make room. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords. And strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. If we're gonna live this morning, I want everybody to stand. If we're gonna live in the land of more than enough, we are gonna have to expand our tent, expand our vision, expand our thoughts expand our reading of the word expand our prayer life and be what God wants us to be I believe with all of my heart in every area of your life spiritually, physically, mentally and financially that God wants to overflow you and give you an abundance that you've never had before but I'm going to ask you right now if you're here this morning and you really want it don't do it just because I'm asking don't do it because people are watching don't come up here just because you say well it's the thing to do but if you want to get out of that land of not enough and you're sick and tired of not having anything and you're tired of that mindset you're tired of living in poverty you're tired of to not having anything and you want to get past the land of just enough where it's just enough to get by, just enough for me and my house, just enough. And you want to move to the land of more than enough. I want you to come and put your feet, start right here.